Listener discretion advised by the sound contains salty language. So if you don't like that, turn it down now. No, now, like right now. Okay. Let's start this fucking show. (laughs) Hi, listeners. It's the evening of Sunday, March 14th. Saturday. Saturday. Okay, we'll do that again. (laughs) From the Coast Salish land of Seattle, we're By the Sound, your community-invested podcast. I'm Sarah Mays, speaking this week with Chelsea Alvarez and Aisha Hauser. On this special episode of the podcast, we'll talk about coronavirus and something else Seattle has always overachieved at, social distancing. (laughs) This is By the Sound. Hi, listeners. It's the evening of Saturday, March 14th, 2020. And as you know, COVID-19 has changed life as we know it here in Seattle. As of today, 642 Washingtonians have tested positive, and see, as of now, 40 have died. Public schools were closed just this week until April 27th. Also closing, um, or already closed, are Seattle, Seattle Public Libraries, community centers, art performances, and sports events. Um, most people who can work from home are doing so by now. And all this is in an effort to slow the spread of the virus. Uh, So it probably will not surprise our listeners today that we are phoning it in uh, to be literal. Um, In fact, we're on something called Zoom. And um, I pretty much hate this and will apologize up front for the sound quality. But um, even though we have been on a hiatus, we thought this would be a... Good moment to uh, let folks know that we are uh, still alive so far. And uh, let's see, I'm in my apartment. Um, Aisha Hauser, where the fuck are you? Hi, I am in my bathroom uh, in my house in Seattle because um, thankfully my two young adult college age children uh, got home last night and today. And they are also looking at, uh, they will be doing online classes one of them for the rest of the semester, one supposedly for two weeks, but I have a feeling that's going to change as well. And I am um, in the south-ish part of Seattle, not far from Chelsea. How are you, Chelsea? Uh, I'm good. I'm in my bedroom uh, with my young children downstairs watching cartoons. They have also been uh, sent home from school. I mean, that doesn't matter because it's a Saturday. But they're going to be doing a lot of being downstairs watching cartoons <laughs> while I am in my bedroom doing the things I need to do for uh-huh. the next few weeks. So uh, how has this affected your life, Chelsea? Well, I've been working from home for a week and a half now, uh, pretty early into uh, coronavirus arriving in Seattle, one of my coworkers uh, on the third floor of our building had contact with a suspected case. And so we, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not even sure if it was a confirmed case, but we cleared out the office for a couple days and then a couple days turned into a week. And now with the school closures, uh, I'm probably going to be home for a while. I also had someone who is very, very dear to me um, displaying coronavirus-like symptoms, and 
he was tested and it came back negative, but uh, the symptoms were so closely tracked to uh, COVID that it seems like maybe it was a false negative. Uh, so he's been to urgent care twice and is medicated and recovering, uh, but I'm pretty uh, focused on taking care of him while he's unable to uh, work or care for his children or do anything, really. Uh, it's a pretty intense lung situation. Mm. So that's what I'm up to. <laughs> yeah, and I, I imagine waiting for those results is scary. Uh, but, I mean, the upside is um, I, I'm seeing from the the Washington um, Department of Health statistics here that of those 642 confirmed cases, uh, those were culled from 7,122, or along with 7,122 negative tests. Yeah. So uh, it would seem that, you know, for for all the tests they're doing for it, less than 10% are coming back positive. That's uh, hopefully we'll keep the anxiety down somewhat for those folks that have to wait for it. Um, I have another anxiety queller, mm. uh, which is a report on urgent care from my friend who's sick, which is that it was well-staffed and nearly empty. Sweet. Yeah. We're not seeing like in Italy at this point, the overflowing of patients into hallways and, uh, overcrowded triages mm-hmm. and we're at the epicenter. So that's kind of reassuring for now. Mm-hmm. I also think people, we, I got notices. I don't know if either of you did from my primary care group and they said, don't come in call first. Yeah. Um, and so I wonder if folks are heeding uh, what is being asked of them and not, um, you know, just overwhelming urgent care, especially, but I mean, I think, yeah, this is, I have relatives and friends uh, from kind of everywhere checking in and I'm like, it is surreal. I mean, I have, the only thing I've done is go to the grocery store and I'm going to admit this right now on our podcast. I don't really fucking need that much toilet paper, but I found myself whenever I was in the QFC, just get one extra just because and I'm like, <laughs> there was something about that, that I'm like, why we can use anything. Like there's no, anyway, I don't know. I kind of felt, I kind of started laughing at myself. Cause I'm like, I keep buying one package. Of, I mean, I, I never bought more than one at a time, but now I have like several. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel a little bit like an idiot, but, um, it, yeah, well, I was, I I was anxious this, <laughs> I was anxious this week because my children, one was in, is in, was in Colorado and one is in Eastern Washington. And thankfully they're both home, but I did have just like every single day anxiety about what would happen. Um, so I'm grateful that they're home. And how's this uh, affected your work and daily life? Oh, we are going, we being East Shore Unitarian Church are going to online worship tomorrow, which we've never done. We are going to use, yeah, Zoom. And I am, because I'm the one who have interacted with Zoom the most, I'm going to be the tech person, which it's really the funniest shit in the world. Uh-huh. So it's really the result of the apocalypse of the coronavirus <laughs> that this is happening. Cause I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing, but this is, this is how it is. So we're, I'm trying to record a story for all ages for tomorrow and my dogs won't shut the fuck up. And 
<sighs> and so, your church is in, uh, excuse me, Bellevue, which is practically in, the home of Microsoft and and whatnot. Yeah. It's true. We we should have asked around, but it was so, you know, we were, we made the decision on Wednesday that we were not going to go in. So, um, because we did do in-person worship last week and we, we usually get maybe 150 people. We had 20 and they were very grateful, but anyway, so that's what's happened. Working from home exclusively and we're checking in on our folks and having phone trees and stuff and seeing who need, we have 30 members over the age of 90. So, and most of our members are, yeah, over 60. So, and we do have a UU congregation in Kirkland, not far from like the life care center. So, mm-hmm. uh, breathing, good to, good to be with you both for sure. Yeah. It's nice to be in contact. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, ironically, this sort of got me out of the house. I, I, I had a bit of a, a depressive episode, I think in, in, um, January and February. And, and I think, you know, for, for all the damage that a Mormon upbringing did to me, uh, there was, um, a, there were lessons in disaster preparedness and resilience yeah, (laughs) along with some other fucked up shit in my youth that meant that as soon as I heard there was a community like spread case, in the region and that they, they didn't know where it had come from. Uh, I just like sprung into action. I was just like, okay, now I know what to do with my life. I need to stock up my pantry, you know, which was pretty well stocked, but you know, fill in the gaps and, you know, take care of my financial business and, you know, Oh, they're like, uh, there's upheavals to my work. Um, which uh, have unfortunately extended our hiatus for the podcast. Each episode takes a lot of time to produce, and something that allows me to do that is that one of my gigs is cat-sitting, and the time involved with that leaves me with time for producing, but um, I've been having cancellations because people are canceling trips, um, and that's, that's the main source of cat sitting gigs as people going to conferences and vacations and long trips. And, uh, uh, but there has been an increase in demand in Instacart business. Um, and that is actually been very fulfilling in, uh, ways I never expected. Cause I used to think of it as, you know, sort of a luxury product, uh, luxury service, um, for people and, but now, you know, the customers seem more appreciative than they used to be. The tips are up. There's a lot more jobs to pick from and, you know, I can go and I have been working very long days, like up to 12 and 13 hours, uh, but really enjoying my time, um, because I feel like, you know, I'm actually doing something that is tangibly of service to people. And a lot of those people are elderly. Um, clearly a lot of those people are sick right now. Um, and I just have this sense, like the more jobs I can get in the day, not only will I be making more money for my family, but being able to serve more people. And so it's, it's nice to, it's like suddenly become something other than just a way to get money, you know, to make money. Um, 
And I hope to do as much of it as possible before I get sick. What precautions have you been taking, Sarah? Because you've been going in and out of stores and going to people's. I mean, how I've actually been wondering, do you drop and go? Like, what is the interaction like? And what are you doing um, to mm. stay as safe as you can? Yeah, a, a lot of things. One of the the purchases I made as soon as we had community spread cases here in Washington, like literally that day, I went and I got myself four containers of wet ones, you know, that is basically Purell wipes um, and a couple of bottles of Purell. So I have those in the car with me. I'm using those like, you know, every time I get back in the car, uh, when I'm at the grocery stores, um, I'm using nitrile gloves, which like last November I bought 2000 of them (laughs) for cleaning litter boxes. (laughs) Now I'm wearing them while I grocery shop. Um, and uh, I'm wiping down my carton. Um, surprisingly, most stores still have those antibacterial wipes. I put those wherever I'm, I'm touching the things. I'm, I'm trying to keep my distance from people in the stores as much as possible. Um, and uh, when I deliver to people's houses, most people at this point are saying, you know, leave it at the door. And that's fine with me either way. But, you know, when I, I have had those in-person interactions, it's really, it's not... I'm not hugging my customers, you know, and I guess I'm just sort of resigned to what I think is the medical consensus that most of us are going to get it eventually. It's just like a matter of, of pushing that off as far as possible. So I'm taking whatever precautions I can. Um, and I'm not super freaked about getting sick because um, I am generally healthy. Thank goodness. How about you, Chelsea? What do you what are your questions are your children asking? Or you too, Sarah? I mean, when the when the outbreak first started, most of our question or most of their questions and our conversations centered around racist news coverage. Um and uh violent uh racist uh reactions at school that kids were having, like there were Asian kids at their school being taunted um, about spreading coronavirus. Mm. So that was where the conversation started. Uh, But now we're talking more about uh, taking precautions to keep our uh, elderly and chronically ill neighbors safe. I have pointed out to them a couple times that coronavirus doesn't really seem to affect kids the way it does adults. True. I'm just trying to keep them uh, oriented toward uh, offering care and support to people who need it and less uh, from a place of fear. I think that there are some really wonderful things happening right now in that services, benefits, things that corporations and the government have told us are inaccessible are happening. These things are not inaccessible. They just didn't give a shit. But now we have uh, cities and states ordering that evictions be paused. Uh, Detroit residents who had their water turned off due to non-payment are getting their water turned back on. 
all of the like internet providers, broadband companies are taking their caps off of data usage, are offering free service to um, uh, low income residents. Like the police in Portland are no longer responding to non-life-threatening calls. We have the ability to make all of these great changes and I hate that they're coming about because of crisis, but I love that they are coming about. And I love that we are seeing mutual aid uh, organizations pop up. I love, uh, I just saw that in LA, homeless families have started taking over empty houses uh, inspired by the moms in Oakland. Uh, I think something that I'm bearing in mind is that once people have programs, they become entitlements and entitlements are very hard to take away. So now that we have uh, more and more corporations offering paid sick leave, good luck trying to take that away once, the, once this is over. Uh, I think that this is a crisis that could push us as a culture toward greater equity. And I'm excited about it. I've been um, just, I mean, pleased and and fascinated and sort of amused by how quickly a lot of uh, companies, especially large corporations, just, you know, basically turned on a dime to do the right thing, you know, yeah. by their workers, uh, things like, you know, letting them telecommute, you know, things that your average, like, middle manager might have told an employee like a few weeks ago that, oh, that would just never happen or that just couldn't happen or, you know, all these 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 things that we're told can't be done uh, just suddenly happen. And, you know, to Instacart's credit, they sent out uh, a, a message to uh, the full service shoppers on Thursday that said uh, they were setting up some, I think it was two week of sick leave for people with who get coronavirus and you know the devil will be in the details uh but assuming that's as good as it sounds that's that's something that kind of surprised me that a gig company um would do that and it, it would be great to see uh uber and lyft step up to support their drivers who are having a hell of a time yeah and the other thing that was pointed out um that uh, if you have theater tickets to not ask for a refund because the arts are going to need um, the support. And we, we uh, it's great to give a shout out to Ajomo Luo and um, Gabriel Teodros, who uh, they both uh, sponsored a fundraiser. At first it was a GoFundMe. Was it two different things? But it was a fundraiser to support Seattle area artists. And I think the original goal was 20 and I, I think it's close to $50,000 that's been raised in a week. I, I think it's past a hundred thousand actually. Oof! Oh, that is so heartwarming and wonderful. So, and then I'm seeing other um, fundraisers, things like this in different parts of the country where folks are, uh, help our um, setting up direct giving, which I think is the best thing to do than giving to a big conglomerate, like give to people, you know, um, give directly because direct giving is a hundred percent goes to the people who need it. And, and people are hurting who are either part of the gig economy or service people who 
who knows what companies are going to do and they st- and children home eat more, right? So that's been also a bright spot. And supporters uh, who support us on Patreon are members, members of We're By The Sound Facebook group are encouraged to post there anything they see about you know, new ways to support community members or if they themselves need help um, to reach out to this group because I am confident people will be able to step up and help other members of this community that, that are in need. And I really appreciate your point, uh, Aisha, about direct giving. And I mean, that could be, you know, going to a, a restaurant and, you know, tipping your waiter. Uh, you know, maybe not sitting close to other diners, but, you know, uh, uh, giving tips to the people giving you services or I was just, I, maybe I'm just getting too skeptical or cynical. I'm not sure what the right word is here. Um, but I, I guess there was a grant made this week, um, uh, or a pledge of it was either 1.5 million or 2 million or some pledge to help low wage workers in Seattle that it, it was it in the grand scheme of things wasn't that much money uh but the part that i found kind of frustrating about the optics of it um was that they're giving it to the united way right what the fuck is the united way going to do with it like and I, I don't want to say that nonprofits themselves aren't going to need bailouts because I know that charity, you know, fundraising and all that stuff is, you know, going to be impacted. But this money was put out there specifically, at least as it was presented in the Seattle Times, specifically with, you know, uh, an eye towards uh, gig economy workers. And I am really skeptical that the United Way is going to find any way for that money to make it into the hands of, you know, in a targeted way to, to you know, Uber and Lyft drivers. But maybe I'm just too jaded about those big nonprofit groups. Well, I don't even know how it would work. I mean, how, that's the problem with bureaucracy. And mm. I mean, how, are you can have applications and then you got to prove th- I mean, if you just give to just, I mean, one of the things that Ijoma has set up is a Google doc where you, I, I haven't got into it, but you know, it's a, it's a sh- much more straightforward and you also trust people. She said, I'm whoever else is getting it. I mean, there's no, at least that's my understanding. Um, so I think less bureaucracy at this time is better than giving to, um, and, and this I've seen for a while through activists folks, um, after Katrina and, uh, every time there's a flood somewhere in the South, activist friends are, uh, on Facebook saying, Hey, we're do direct giving, you know, PayPal me. And then they give people money for food and diapers and formula. So I don't even understand how these big bureaucracies are going to work in terms of getting people what they need and quickly. That's the other piece of it is how are they going to get this stuff quickly? Yeah. What do you think, Chelsea? Um, I think that relying on the government or large nonprofits to take care of people is not something that's going to work. I think that in crisis, we're what we've got. And I think that the best way to take care of people in a time like this is to go next door and talk to your neighbor and see what they need. Go two doors down, 
join uh, your local buy nothing group, uh, join a mutual aid group that's in your area. There are, uh, oh, um, if you're on Instagram, there's a really um, great account. Uh, they're organizing mutual aid in uh, specifically the Seattle area. Um, they're at COVID-19 mutual aid. Um, I think that we can say pretty confidently that like, if it takes this much of a crisis for like the government, I mean, I'm excited about what's happening, but like it takes a massive crisis for the government and corporations to offer us the bare ass minimum. So if we want to actually like make sure that everyone is taken care of, direct giving and mutual aid are the way to go. Sarah. Chelsea. When you say that By the Sound is a community-invested podcast, what does that mean for our listeners? Ah, glad you asked. It means that in addition to hearing our conversations about local issues and interviews with our most interesting Seattle-area neighbors, fans of the show can join our listener community online by supporting the podcast on Patreon. Doing so will unlock access to our private Facebook group. What are we posting in the Facebook group? <laughs> well, in addition to exclusive previews about what we'll be discussing on the show, we offer a curated stream of the best and most provocative local news stories each day. That's dope. How much will it cost to join? Our online community membership is available to all patrons starting at $5 per month. How else can fans of the show invest in this community? Our supporters on Patreon, who contribute $10 or more per month, will receive exclusive invitations to buy the sound meetups at Seattle-area coffee shops, bars, and parks, where they could meet by the sound co-hosts, guests, and other local fans of the show. Sweet. Where should listeners go to donate? They can visit bythesound.net and click on the donate button. That's bythesound.net. Or go directly to patreon.com slash bythesound. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash bythesound. So Chelsea, what are you grateful for this week? Uh, shit, man. I'm grateful that I have a stable, supportive job that not only allows me to work from home, but where my boss reached out to me and um, was so supportive and so kind and so patient about my needs around working from home that like I actually feel safe in that area. And I know that I am part of a very small and very privileged minority in that feeling. And that feeling of safety in that particular area of my life is allowing me to hold myself together enough that I can help and hold others. So uh, that's my, that's my major, major gratitude. And uh, to give our listeners context for that, you work for a union. I do. Aisha, what are you grateful for this week? Um, yeah, I want to definitely echo, uh, what Chelsea said, just so grateful to have flexibility in my, um, work. I want to really be grateful to the Unitarian Universalists, the 
religious educators, musicians, ministers, uh, who just we created um, two religious educators, one of them in Kirkland, Washington, and the other one in New Jersey, created a Facebook page for religious professionals. And within a week, it's now, I think, over 1,600 people. And we are coordinating in ways that I just hope continues because we're resource sharing. There's such a generosity of spirit that uh, I'm, I'm absolutely grateful for. And um, I'm grateful my children are home. Uh, let me tell you, it was uh, when I had my kids, you know, I heard somebody say having children is uh, what it's, you, you know what it's like to have your heart live outside your body. And yeah. when this started going down and my hearts were in Eastern Washington and Colorado, I was just in a steady state of anxiety until uh, they got home. So very, very grateful, definitely to be, like you said, Chelsea, to be able to be in a place to help others uh, and offer what I can. What about you, Sarah? Um, I am very grateful that our governor is Jay Inslee. Um, who I think has been taking the problems seriously in being proactive um, in doing, I think he's doing everything he can with the tools he has available and is showing like real leadership um, that, I mean, we're in a time where it, it's, it's easy to forget what real leadership, real responsible adult leadership looks like. And um, I think the the governor is uh, providing that right now for Washington. And I, I feel a little guilty that I didn't give his presidential bid a, a, a better, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I I just kind of dismissed it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you you can't even get a carbon tax passed in Washington, you know. But you know, that's not for lack of trying. Um, so yeah, I'm grateful for the governor, and I, and I am grateful for uh, uh, my kids' schools um, PTSA. Uh, it's called PTA, and in, in a lot of places here, it's PTSA. Um, and how they sprung into action for um, parents of kids at my school who need help under the circumstances involving things like childcare and uh, food drives and um, all that kind of uh, direct assistance, low barrier, uh, and very fast help that they've been able to provide. That's, you know, just one of probably thousands of examples of awesome things happening in the city right now under very bizarre and uh, sometimes frightening circumstances. So thanks to them. Thanks to you, Aisha. Thanks to you, Chelsea. Thank you for being here, sort of. Wash your damn hands, people. Yeah, you filthy animals. <laughs> to steal the catchphrase from uh, this podcast will kill you. <laughs> Stay safe, everybody. We're in this together. We could do it. Oh, yeah, I should tell listeners, too. Um, yeah, our hiatus will go longer than originally planned, uh, in large part because I need and, frankly, want to work uh, as much as I can uh, with grocery delivery right now um, to shore up some finances uh, in lieu of other opportunities and to help people. Uh, but by the sound, we'll be back to a normal uh, schedule before long. We have three interviews that were awesome that just haven't been edited yet, and those are going to get out eventually. And we're grateful for our listeners sticking with us. 
and sticking around. And um, yeah, this has been By the Sound, your community-invested podcast. Bye. Bye. Special thanks this week to Aria Curtis. Thanks, Aria. By the Sound is an Ahoy Hoy Media production. Ahoy Hoy!